I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Really pleased to have joining us back on the program, first time in the new year, Representative Burgess Owen. Thanks for joining us today. Boy, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Uh, well, today, obviously, is the uh, first anniversary. The inauguration of President Joe Biden took place exactly a year ago today. And he spent uh, two hours in a very lengthy uh, and uh, very meandering uh, press conference yesterday talking about things that went right, things that went wrong, things that maybe could have done a little bit better. Uh, And, of course, the big assessment, I think, uh, for all of us is to look at what did really happen and then more important, as always, uh, what really comes next. So uh, let's let's start kind of at the beginning. Uh, Obviously, he came into office at the same time you took office. Uh, So tell us about that first year, first from your perspective. Uh, I want your perspective on the first year. Then we'll get into how did the president do in the first year. I would say the upside is I've been very, very blessed with a remarkable staff. I mean, this is a learning curve for me, but um, I'm working with people who love to, to work hard. They love to serve on both ends, not only here in D.C., but also back in, in, the, in our district. So that that's made up for a lot of just understanding how it works. The first part of the year was getting, getting a chance to know uh, many people on, on my side of the aisle because we were wearing masks, not even having a chance to interact as we wanted to. Also, and I found this out toward the end of this year, is having a chance to finally get to know and work with some of my Democratic friends. Because there are things we can work on, uh, RICA being one of them, that we've been able to, to kind of come to a, a point of, of agreeance. Uh, the um, monopolies, antitrust is another area. So what I'm finding out is, first of all, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad to represent the remarkable state of Utah. I never knew how much ahead of the game we are in our state because we're very entrepreneurial. We think outside the box. We're very service-oriented. So I'm more proud to be a Utah today than I ever have been because I really believe that we will lead our country in so many ways of coming out of where we are at this point. Yeah, and so as you, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question on your first year since I've got you here on on one year. Uh, what what has been the the best thing uh, in in Washington for you, and and what is the thing that has frustrated you the most, or the thing that you want to make sure you get to uh, over the course of the next year? I think the best thing for someone again who had not really thought about this as a an option for so many years. I'm experiencing the same thing many Americans are across the country. We're at a point we realize being very very busy raising our families, building our businesses, you know, looking forward to retirement is not enough. We have to come out off the sidelines, out of the stands, and be be part of our solution. So I'm excited the fact that I'm doing something now that not only can I represent our, our great state, our culture, 
but really have conversations of things that will be making a difference for us right now. So that's been that's been a really big upside. I can't think of a downside other than the fact that our country is just hurting right now. I mean, it's, it's sad to see the areas in which our nation is being impacted in such a negative way, uh, whether it be inflation, whether it be the, uh, the open borders, whether it be decreased wages. I mean, I don't go through a litany of stuff. That's the sad part about where we are. But at the same time, I, I really believe this board. I think out of every time that Americans deal with contrast, really bad, tough times, we truly begin to talk more about solutions together. And I think the upside of the Democrats and independents and, and, and Republicans, talking like we have not talked to in a long time, together about issues that we all are feeling the pain of right now. I think that's that's so important. So now let's shift to the president. Uh, obviously, he gave his remarks, uh, really trying to frame uh, what how he thought the first year went. Uh, what's your assessment? I think America is now seeing it's no longer hypothetical what socialism looks like. I think that's important that we recognize it might sound good, but when we start feeling the pain of that, it's not good for any of us. We have open borders, inflation more uh, higher than in the last four, than the last forty years emboldened adversaries, a botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, overreach by the government, unconstitutional mandate. There has never been within one year such a turn in terms of people, the divisiveness that we now have that we have to come back together on, and I think the hopelessness that many people are experiencing. And that, that, I think that's really where I'm hoping my voice, along with many others, is going to stand in. We should never become hopeless. This country is one that rebounds very, very well particularly start talking together and understanding our foundation. Uh, we are a country built on Judeo-Christian values. And as long as we stay true to that, then we're going to come out of this much, much better people. And, but at the same time, it's sad we have to go through so much pain and misery. One other point I just want to make about the open borders. We have lost 100,000 Americans this one year because of, of fentanyl and drugs coming through the border. And we have a president who's not addressed it, doesn't care about it. And it makes, it makes a point, the very important point, that every city now is a border a border city. So whether it be drugs, whether it be COVID, uh, whether it be crime, we're all now very much close to the border in terms of what can happen in, in, our, in our, our, our community. So we have to be very careful about that and just be very aware and, and, and come back real strong with it. And any areas where you feel like the president has uh, done the right thing or anything you can say, hey, that was, I'm glad he did that? Um, I'm sorry to say no. Uh, and it, I mean, I have to be totally honest. If if it was something that I could say was a bright spot, I would say yes, but there's no bright spots I've seen over this last year. I would challenge anyone out there to give me an idea, give me some area that he's been really standing up for us. We're now, as a people, we're standing against CRT. It was not from the administration, but it's from we the people. Uh, We're standing up against a mandate that none of us should be forced to go through because that's not America. We're watching, again, a president who understands the border issues that are a key to our survival and has not even visited one time. So unfortunately, board, I can't say there's one thing that, I, that I've seen this president do uh, that has been positive for, for Americans. Let's pivot to the to the forward moving pieces of the puzzle now, as uh, as I'm sure you're learning uh, uh, on the fast track there of your uh, political career uh, one year in. Uh, that in in politics, it's it's never about what was or even what is. It's always about what's next. And I think one of the interesting things that uh, has been bubbling out there is in terms of the Republican Party, in terms of what they are for. The president actually mentioned it in his press conference yesterday. Uh, many other have been saying, is this just going to be a defensive political year uh, with Republicans being against things? Or will the Republicans lead in a way that gives the American people a clear vision of what they are for and that kind of choice? 
And that's a that's a very good question. It's a very important that we are on the front end of that. And to that to that question, the answer is yes. We have already put together a task force. This spring, we're going to come together and let the American people know exactly where we stand, what kind of policies we're putting together. Americans, again, if they know there's a plan and they know that the policies we put together are for their freedom, for their opportunity, for better education for their kids, for lower, lower inflation, for more opportunities to have a business and open it up to hire people, all those kind of things that we, that we kind of take for granted. It will be hopeful, forward-thinking, and I think across the board, Democrats, Republicans, and independents will, will say this makes sense. It's something I'd like to see our country move toward for sure. All right. And then finally, just real quick in uh, our last 30 seconds here, I know you've got a lot on your agenda coming right out of the gate. We know it's Human Trafficking Month. We know it's School Choice uh, Week is coming up here as well. Uh, what else are you working on? What else should we be watching in the days ahead? Well, we have school choice coming up. We have a human trafficking month, which is, I'm a very, very passionate about that, obviously. And then we have the downwinders on the 27th. We have a, that's a day that we're, we're kind of highlighting that uh, also. Uh, just know it's faith, family, free market, and education. Anything, any policies that, ha- that enhance our faith, our, our opportunities, uh, our families, a chance for people to build their business like we do so well in Utah, and education of helping uh, our young people to be proud of who they are, to look forward to a great future because we realized we had a great past together and we're growing so much. Those are four tenets that I will continue to, to strive uh, and work on, and every policy will have some kind of linkage into, into those those four tenets for sure. Uh, fantastic. Congressman Burgesson, we appreciate you coming on uh, early in January here to get everything rolling, and appreciate your perspective from your first year as well as the president's first year in office. And uh, we will definitely look forward to that vision uh, from the task force in terms of uh, what the Republican Party is going to put forward as the choice and what uh, they are for uh, in the weeks ahead. Thanks again for joining us. We'll look uh, forward to talking to you Thank again real soon. Thank you, Boyd. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll take one final look back at Inauguration Day one year ago for President Biden and something that might give all of us just a little bit of hope and a path forward on better days to come. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.